Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pigskin Pundits on this Tuesday, March 14th, 2017, NFL Free Agency Edition on Block Talk Radio. I am Mark Ferraro, pleased to be joined, as always, by my good buddy, Thomas Murphy, the Murph dog himself. What's up, man? How are you making out so far in the snow we're having? Doing all right. I just ventured out uh, about 10 minutes ago to grab a coffee, and uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. We have uh, baseballs coming out of the sky, actually. Never really seen anything like it in New York, so it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of fun out there. Can't wait to venture out a little more. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, everyone, be safe. But we figured, Tom, today was the best day to do a show. Everyone's inside, so get cozy. And Tom and I will take care of the rest for you. The next 45 minutes, Tom, there is a lot of NFL signings and trades that we have to get to. But I figured we might as well start off locally with the New York Giants, who did sign DJ Fluker recently to be one of their guards this season. But the bigger story and one of the first moves that was made in free agency was their signing of Brandon Marshall. And, Tom, I thought this was a no-brainer for the Giants to bring in the veteran receiver to team up with OBJ and Sterling Shepard. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, there were moments last year where Shepard looked like a number two, but Brandon Marshall was uh, number one on most teams. And, uh, yeah, very, very solid move. And, uh, yeah, especially for a playoff team like the Giants last year, it was uh, def- definitely a good move. And, uh, yeah, that offense is going to be intact next year. Bingo. You hit it, Tom. Playoffs. Brandon Marshall has not made the playoffs in his entire career. He came close one time. I'm not going to go any further. But this guy, I'm telling you, man, in the first season of a team that he's on, just look two years ago at the Jets. He has 14 touchdowns and 1,500 receiving yards. He's not going to put those numbers with the Giants as a number two. But think about this time. He's a clear upgrade, of course, than what they had last year with Victor Cruz, and this reminds a lot of people, especially Giant fans, of when they brought in Plaxico Burris, Tom, another big target for Eli Manning, especially, Tom, especially in the red zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Marshall had his struggles last year with some – you know, with some drops and such, but, uh, you know, being another number two, it's going to relieve some pressure on him. And, uh, yeah, I, I have to imagine this was a win-win for both teams, for both uh, parties involved. He has to be thrilled to be going to a playoff contender. Like you said, uh, I was actually unaware that he didn't make the playoffs. I was thinking maybe he made one in uh, Denver early in his career, but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, everything's looking, uh, you know, uh, that they should be at least competing for a wild card. I mean, it's a tough division. You know, you never know how uh, any of those teams are going to do year to year. So, uh, but yeah, definitely a great situation for all involved. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I really, I really don't see where the negative is here. I mean, I know last year the whole locker room altercation between him and Sheldon Richardson in week three against the Chiefs, but we really don't know. We don't know what really happened. We weren't inside that locker room, of course. So I think this was a no-brainer, like I said, with the Giants. I mean, it's a two-year contract. You figure Marshall will be on his best behavior. And the fact everything that Marshall has been through in the past time, you would only think that this will help Odell Beckham 
you know, with Marshall by his side and mentoring him in a sense. So, to me, Tom, this was obviously a right move for the Giants. Now, some Giant fans are going to complain because in terms of, like, this is what wasn't really a desperate need in terms of offensive line when I mentioned DJ Fluker. But still, Tom, when you're bringing someone like Marshall's caliber, this guy can still play time. He's 33 years old, and he had a down season a year ago. But this guy can still ball, and he's going to put up solid numbers for Big Blue in 2017. Oh, absolutely. You know, and uh, while uh, while Manning just keeps climbing up those, uh, you know, career charts, I don't I know, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned uh, during the regular season, it kind of shocked me maybe just because I didn't know he played so long. But Eli, this year, Eli Manning uh, went into the top 10 of all of, like, the major categories. Uh, definitely definitely has a hall of fame resume possibly first ballot and uh yeah he's just going to keep climbing those numbers and probably going to surpass a few more quarterbacks on that way um curious if he's even he might be even close to the top five in some of those now oh yeah for sure i mean eli manning the numbers keep rising i mean the guy's not going to stop playing i mean he has a few years left as well just make sure you protect him that's the main thing he can't get you know hit as much as he as much as he did last year so they got to shore that up. So maybe DJ Fluker, maybe he's a guy who could help out, but obviously it did not work out with him in San Diego. So the Giants figured, take a chance, one-year contract, prove that you can stay with this team beyond 2017. But the bigger issue, Tom, on that offensive line has to be Eric Flowers. This guy has been a major, major disappointment so far with the Giants. And I couldn't even believe the stat that I found out. Over the last two seasons, Tom, Eric Flowers has given up 128 quarterback pressures. Oh, my goodness. And the penalties, too. This guy needs to turn it around ASAP, Tom. Yeah, I know. I think, uh, I don't know if it was you who sent it to me or someone else about how, uh, you know, a guy about like more than 10 years older than Andrew Whitworth, who was agent also uh, in the past, uh, in the past four years has given up less uh, sacks and pressures than uh, this younger, uh, you know, pretty much almost a rookie only in like his second season. But yeah, he really needs, uh, he really needs to have a turnaround, you know, at least show that he can be a serviceable uh, lineman in the NFL, even if he's not a starter, you know, just so he can have prolong his career because that can sometimes happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe make a switch to guard or something, but yeah, it just uh, has not been working out for him, which is a shame. He was drafted a little high, you know, couple years ago um it's very young i think even as far as rookies were concerned but uh yeah uh yeah it just hasn't worked out for him it's a real shame but uh yeah hopefully he can get his uh, his act together on the field now tom we're gonna stay in the nfc east and a team that has been in the news a lot and that is the washington redskins who are losing more weapons for a guy who's already not happy and Kirk cousins i mean they lost pierre garçon to San Francisco, I think Kirk Cousins wishes that he can follow Garcon to the 49ers, but not so fast. And they also lost to Sean Jackson, who's now teaming up with Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. But they did sign Terrell prior time to a one-year deal. I was surprised, and we'll get to Alshon Jeffrey in a second, that these guys only signed one-year contracts. Maybe Terrell Pryor goes. I don't even know if Kirk Cousins will be here next season. And the quarterback situation could be the same like in Cleveland where Pryor was before. So the Redskins' right time right now is a little bit of a mess, the whole situation with Kirk Cousins. 
And you can't forget about the GM was let go, Scott McLuhan. Yeah, you know, and it's never a good sign when you have an unhappy person behind uh, center there. Uh, yeah, it just seems like a mess there. Had a disappointing year last year after making the playoffs in 2015. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and losing Deshaun Jackson, losing those receivers. Uh, yeah, and as you mentioned, a very surprised move by Pryor, too. I thought he was going to have a, kind of his pick with the litter, but maybe he's even playing for a bigger, like, bigger, bigger contract in uh, 2018. But, uh, you know, hey, sometimes you've got to – I mean, he's still young. Uh, but, yeah, definitely definitely a shock with that. Uh, that was not a spot I thought he'd be going to. Skins are still a little deep in terms of their weapons. They got one of the best tight ends in football if he can stay healthy because I always seem to have him in fantasy every year, and the guy's always banged up. But when he's on the field, he just produces, and that's Jordan Reed. And Tom knows very well about Jamison Crowder and the year he had in Washington last season. So the Redskins still have some guys for Kirk Cousins, but, Tom, next year he will not be part of this team. I can't see any reason that Kirk Cousins will stay in Washington beyond 2017. Now, he'll stay this year. They won't trade him. But next year when he's a free agent, he's going to go. And he probably San Francisco, I think, would be the leading candidate because it seems like Kyle Shanahan has been eyeing this guy for many years. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to San Francisco in a bit, but you know, we all know they signed Brian Hoyer, who, uh, you know, obviously isn't a long-term solution at starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, definitely affects the draft too, uh, you know, because um, I'm wondering if uh, you know San Francisco is considering this season a lost cause. You know, they made some, made a couple of uh, you know solid moves, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, if Kirk Cousins is waiting out to go there, you know, we'll definitely see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. And I'm kind of curious why the the, uh, Redskins didn't try and do something, like at least get something for him, considering how unhappy he is. And, I mean, this guy's going to, like, fly the – he's going to fly the coop as soon as he can. Well, yeah, supposedly, Tom, there was a report that came out about Kirk Cousins how he actually asked the Redskins organization to make a trade, to get rid of him, but then they denied that. So it's a whole mess right now in Washington. You know, Kirk Cousins, a second consecutive season, signing the franchise tag. He wants a mega deal, even though he's getting one for only one year. So, again, we just can't wait to see how this plays out, but I would be very surprised if Kirk Cousins is in a Washington Redskins uniform in 2018 and Tom one team that desperately needed to sign a few receivers in free agency and they did that and that's the Philadelphia Eagles time as we say in the NFC East they brought in Torrey Smith the ex-49ers receiver to a contract as well as Alshon Jeffrey Tom and like Terrell Pryor only signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles yeah you know another uh very shocking, too, considering uh, NFL.com had him as their number one uh, free agent uh, heading into the offseason. You know, figured he would just uh, lock up a mega, mega contract, but maybe he likes the situation there to, uh, you know, even get more and more. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz, young quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they might be a team to look out for in the East. I mean, you have to you have to assume that, uh, you know, Dallas is the uh, – number one contender there. I mean, and, and also just the entire NFC, but uh, yeah, it's very, very interested to see that he uh, signed a uh, 
one-year deal. But, hey, it's looking good for the Eagles offense. Uh, you know, this year we're able to, uh, you know, wide receiver was definitely a question for them heading into free agency, and they definitely took care of that. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to think about a draft pick for that one. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, they gave uh, a couple new weapons for Carson Wentz. That's the most important thing right now in terms of his development, and it's been a major disappointment. And we mentioned his name a few times on the program before, and that's the XY receiver of USC, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, we did uh, just a week ago. We were mentioning him, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know what a way to uh, what a way to rectify that position. Uh, you know, Torrey Smith still has some some left in the tank, and you know, getting the number one. Uh, receiver and free agency, uh, Jeffrey. I'm still just so shocked that he just signed a one-year deal. I mean, I wonder what his end game is with that is. But, uh, yeah, you can look for him to be uh, number one free agent next year, too, or unless uh, maybe Philadelphia just decides to sign him to a very long extension. Now, Tom, again, we'll say – actually, now we're going to go to the AFC East, and let's first start with the Miami Dolphins, who – they re-signed the Pro Bowl safety, gave him a mega deal, Rashad Jones, but they also re-signed a guy who is getting better every single season, especially since they signed him away from the New Orleans Saints, and that is the receiver, Tom, who had nine touchdowns for the Dolphins in 2016, Kenny Stills. Yeah, as, uh, Kenny Stills was definitely on my radar a little bit, uh, but yeah, luck, uh, getting, getting a really nice contract there. Uh, not many teams would have been able to afford that, but uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, uh, you know, the Dolphins, uh, you know, making the playoffs last year doesn't seem like they're going to take too much of a step back, uh, you know, this next year. But you know, we'll see. You know, I don't have much faith in that quarterback position. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, as of now, everything seems to be uh, status quo in Miami, and they're going to be a team to look out for in 2017. Oh, Tom, you have no faith in Ryan Tannehill? Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, you know, I think I may, I may have, if I haven't mentioned it the past, like, three years, I, I have at least thought it. But, uh, yes, for uh, I'll make it official now, yes, I do not think Ryan Tannehill is a long-term answer. Uh, I mean, man, he, yeah, he's made the playoffs, but, you know, uh, you know, there's a couple other questionable quarterbacks uh, in the past few years, mainly, uh, you know, dressed in Houston Texans uniforms that have managed to make the playoffs. So, yeah, what do I know? Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Block Talk Radio. I'm Mark Ferraro. He's Thomas Murphy, and we're going through all the major signings in the National Football League as we take you through the snowy Tuesday, especially in the Northeast. And, Tom, we got to continue. What can you say about the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots and all the moves they made to stock up for the 2017 season, what can you say? I mean, even a small move, they get rid of Martellus Bennett, but they trade for Dwayne Allen. They sign the ex-Bills cornerback Stephon Gilmore. They trade for Brandon Cooks without giving up Malcolm Butler, of course. And then they also acquired a move that definitely flew under the radar from the Panthers. They picked up defensive end Courtney Ely. Yeah, it's pretty uh, surprising, you know. Uh, in a way, I'm in a strange uh, way. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little relieved that they had such a great off season because uh, we tend, it's, it always tends to be a trend in the NFL that the teams with the like mega off seasons tend to uh, not do so well the next year. But you know, the rumor is, 
they know uh, Brady probably only has a few years left. Uh, my can't imagine, I mean, of course, I'm speaking through, um, you know, my wishes right now that uh, why would Tom Brady want to go out on any better note than he did uh, last season with that Super Bowl comeback? You know, it's going to be hard to top that as a swan song. But, uh, yeah, for the rumor is that the Patriots are just going all out for, uh, you know, uh, the next few years, which will be Brady's, like, victory lap in his career. Uh, yeah, it's like the money they spent, the draft picks they've been giving up. Uh, I mean, this year in the uh, 2017 draft, I don't think the Patriots are drafting until pick number 72, if I'm not mistaken, mm. uh, pick that they picked up in the uh, trade. But, you know, uh, that's never really a concern for Belichick, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I'm even wondering if he really wanted Brandon Cooks or if he just really wanted to get rid of that 32nd overall pick because, uh, you know, he sometimes, like, you know, he doesn't really like to draft in the first round, as uh, history has shown. Yeah, and you know what? They can still revisit those talks with the Saints because let's not forget Malcolm Butler is still on the team, and he's playing out the last year of his contract. So they can always you know, get those talks going again with the Saints because he's not going to be there long term, I don't think. I mean, they just gave Stephon Gilmore, we talked about this before, Tom, he came on the air, a five-year contract, $65 million, $40 million guaranteed. There's no room for Logan Ryan, I mean, uh, for Malcolm Butler. And the fact is, they're probably going to sign Dante Hightower. They're most likely going to bring him back. So the Patriots are wheeling and dealing. But one thing, Tom, I want to mention about Brandon Cooks, because last year they talked about that particular game with the Saints where he got disgruntled that he didn't get any catches in the game whatsoever. Well, this could easily happen in New England, Tom, because if Gronk's healthy, they have so many weapons across the board that Tom Brady could throw the ball to. Oh, absolutely. And, that you know, uh, you know how much he loves throwing to Edelman and now to Hogan, too. So, it's uh, yeah, it definitely could be an issue. I mean, maybe uh, he won't have the problem with uh, losing many games like he did in uh, New Orleans. But, uh, you know, it's a funny thing to uh, kind of complain about because you know when you have a quarterback – you know, quarterbacks like these, that uh, they can get to where they are by just looking for the, like, number one receiver. They, These guys have always been known for spreading the ball around. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see how much uh, we'll see how much he complains after, you know, having a couple, like, zero, zero catch games. Because, you know, I don't, I don't see Brandon Cook being a, uh, a number one target in New England at all. I mean, especially with Gronk healthy and, I mean, Edelman, my gosh, we know how much uh, – Brady loves to dink to him. So, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting how uh, how happy he'll be in New England. I mean, aside from all the winning, of course. And, and I can't believe the Panthers. What, what are you doing trading a 25-year-old defensive end and Cody Ely? I, I don't understand that, why they would just get rid of him. So maybe there's something they know that we don't. But the fact is he, as well, Tom, goes to the Patriots. A nice under-the-radar move by, of course, Belichick and the boys in New England. Yeah, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, the Panthers are trying to look to have some depth. Uh, you know, I mean, Coney Ely definitely, uh, definitely kind of had a, a nice game in the Super Bowl, which, uh, of course, the Panthers lost uh, a year and a half ago. But, uh, you know, I haven't heard his name too much during the regular season. So, uh, I mean, maybe they thought that was their, uh, you know, best option and, you know, they can uh, kind of start from scratch and, uh, yeah, but very, you know, very surprising. And uh, I'll be interested to know how uh, much we hear Tony Ely's name there in New England. And now we get to the Buffalo Bills. And, Tom, 
definitely is breathing a sigh of relief as Tyrod Taylor is back with the Buffalo Bills on a restructured oh, yes. contract. So don't be surprised tomorrow while Tom's in Buffalo watching the NCAA tournament sitting next to him will be the Bills quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, I imagine if they show him on the screen on Thursday, uh, yeah, there'll be a be a very nice ovation uh, for him. Uh, man, just so, so happy. It was for, you know, towards the end there, it was looking a little bleak. And then I uh, found out uh, that he was re-signed. And actually, you know, it took a, took a tiny bit of a pay cut even to stay back. I mean, uh, he's still he's still on the uh, two-year deal. Uh, yeah, he definitely wanted to stay in Buffalo. I think he really enjoys playing here. He thinks something special can happen. I mean, the rest of the division's tough, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they were able to you know come to an agreement. I think they knew they needed to sign a, a lot of depth, which they ended up doing. Didn't sign any major superstars, of course, but uh, depth was a huge problem. Definitely rectifying that a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm just so thrilled. Uh, quarterbacks are not going to be an issue in the first three rounds of the draft for us. As you mentioned, Tom, it's a two-year contract for Tyrod Taylor. He will make $14.5 million this year, the same as Mike Glennon, will side note there, and then next year, $16 million. But, Tom, as we talked about before, there was no other move the Buffalo Bills could do at quarterback except for re-signing Tyrod Taylor. You cannot let this guy go, so thank goodness for your sake, Someone came to their senses and said, listen, we need to bring this guy back, which is exactly what they did, which was a smart move for the Buffalo Bills, bringing back T-Mobile as their quarterback. Now, Tom, is there another small move by the Bills that stood out to you in terms of free agency? I mean, one guy they brought back, which was smart, even though he's 33 years old and had a big-time season, but he didn't, break the ba- he didn't break the bank whatsoever, and that is Lorenzo Alexander who's back on a two-year deal worth $9 million. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, $4.5 million, you know, with uh, uh, the amount of cap space we had was a, you know, it was a solid move. A lot of people are curious about how he's going to fit into our Sean McDermott system because he definitely, uh, you know, definitely was uh, very particular to Rex's system uh, in the 3-4s, moving to the 4-3. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy for Lorenzo Alexander. It's a nice contract for him to uh, ride out into the sunset, too. Uh, I will not uh, – as much as I would love for it to happen, I am not expecting 12-and-a-half sacks uh, from him this year uh, by any stretch of the means. We'll probably find uh, you know, that honor will probably be, be bestowed upon uh, either Shaq Lawson or Jerry Hughes uh, in the upcoming season. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, there were some, uh, I mean, there were some other moves uh, that really stuck out. Uh, you know, we signed uh, Patrick DeMarco, who was uh, considered the best blocking fullback in the NFL. Uh, definitely, it seems like we're going to be running the ball a lot and bringing in, uh, you know, the short yardage specialist, Mike Colbert as well. I mean, my gosh, I don't know where we have all this room for all these running backs. Uh, but one uh, other signing the Bills did that really stuck out to me uh, if you watched the uh, Packers-Cowboys game, you definitely knew this guy's name, Micah Hyde, the uh, safety who had a, a beautiful interception late in the game uh, that really kind of solidified their win. Uh, you know, it was a big big issue of concern, and especially considering we pretty much uh, gutted our defensive uh, backfield with the exception of Ronald Darby and uh, a couple other names. Uh, definitely, definitely was uh, much needed. 
Yeah, you know, high is a nice find for the for the Bills because this guy can do it all. He's a versatile player time. He can play cornerback. He could play safety. He's a punt returner. Pretty much imagine that you're going to see him in the slot replacing Robbie Coleman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to yeah, he's going to be all over the field. They're going to find a, a spot for him. Uh yeah, it's uh definitely uh definitely going to be going after some uh, defensive backfield action in the draft here because uh, as I was saying to my good buddy Jason, uh you know, with this gutting of the uh the backfield, the current uh guy on the Buffalo Bills who has the most interceptions now uh career-wise on the team is inside linebacker Preston Brown with three. Uh, so, yeah, our total interceptions on the defense is uh, completely gutted. Uh, you know, we're losing Gilmore, Aaron Williams, Corey Graham, and Nicole Roby this year. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to have to find a way to, uh, you know, pick off the ball, uh, which is something we've been fairly good at the past few years. And hopefully uh, one of these defensive backs we picked up, well, whether it's uh, Jordan Poyer from uh, Cleveland, uh, who's – you know, it was kind of a seventh round find a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, um, we're definitely definitely going to need to find a way to uh, create some turnovers there in the backfield. Now, convinced that Doug Whaley and Sean McDermott to the program the last few weeks, as they do every week, because they must have been listening when you said his name out there. Because what happened? The Bills signed them to be their new your new kicker. Oh yes, Mr. Hauschka was uh yeah, definitely uh threw his name out there. Uh you know, uh definitely a solid signing. Uh you know, uh struggled a little bit with the extra points last year, but as opposed to uh Carpenter who missed a few extra points, a lot of Hauschkas were blocked. So I'm gonna put the blame on the offensive line of Seattle there, you know, not not Hauschka's fault. Hopefully uh he'll get that uh be okay with that. And uh yeah, the last time we signed a uh Seattle Seattle kicker off free agency. He was our kicker for 10 years. So, I mean, Hoshka is now, I think, like 31 years old. But, uh, yeah, uh, very, very much welcome him. It's good to know uh, we have a somewhat reliable kicker there to uh, replace Carpenter and hopefully he can be uh, much more reliable than he was. But, Tom, out of all the moves that stood out to me with the Buffalo Bills, and that was bringing in a former Jack great offensive guard, Mr. Vlad Dukas. <laughs> I was waiting. Uh, obviously, you realized I did not mention him uh, in uh, in the free agent signings that we had done. Pretty much mentioned uh, every other name. But, uh, yeah, Vlad Dukas. I mean, I think I've spent a couple times over the years just completely ripping him apart, uh, even though, you know, he was not on my team. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, – Definitely looking to be a bench guy and probably not even that safe at that. Uh, you know, I'm hoping our guards uh, incognito and John Miller stay healthy because, yeah, uh, history has shown I do not want this guy uh, starting too many games uh, up there in Western New York. You know what? I actually think last year with the Ravens, he started a few games for them last year. So he's, he's getting a little more experience than he did with the Jets. Obviously, that never worked out. A second-round pick, they took a chance on the guy. It just never worked out in New York. But, hey, you never know. Maybe he'll make the 53-man roster. But at least you bring him in, hey, no harm, no foul, and you see what the guy can do. Now we get to the Jets, Tom. Now, before we get to the whole quarterback situation, I thought they made some interesting signings. You know, they brought back Ben Izalana, which was very smart, a versatile guy. 
can play guard and tackle for the Jets. Their new-looked offensive line, most likely with Wesley Johnson as their center. Their right tackle, I think Ben Isolana, will compete with Brandon Shell for that right tackle spot. But like the, like the Giants, they're taking a chance on a guy who was successful a few years ago. Then he got a big ACL injury, disappointed last season with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that is Calvin Beecham. They're taking a chance on him, Tom, to be their left tackle. So hopefully he could refine, you know, refine his form when a couple of years ago, Tom, he was with Pittsburgh in 2014. Yeah, you know, definitely a solid signing, uh, considering there was not a huge, uh, you know, offensive line market this year. Uh, yeah, and I mean, uh, you definitely had a lot of holes on the offensive line. So, uh, yeah, it would be uh, nice to see him get back to his form because he was definitely solid, uh, you know, throughout his career, uh, you know, before the injury. So, uh, yeah, and uh, it's going to be it, it going to be very interesting. A lot of a uh, lot of options for the Jets at that number six pick. So. Uh, very, very interesting in the next uh, 44 days. Uh, yes, I know the actual countdown to the draft. So, uh, yeah, to see what um, see what they do with that number six pick. Uh, definitely won't be going offensive line despite uh, the, the still uh, need for that position since I don't think there's any offensive line worthy of a sixth overall pick. So, yeah, going to be very interesting to see what uh, the Jets do with that. Yeah, Tom, and we talked about this. In the past before, maybe they're really going to look at the uh, the secondary help in terms of that number six overall pick because so far they have not signed any cornerbacks in free agency, which I'm very surprised about because they need as many cornerbacks as they can get. Now, one guy they're, they're interested in is Brendan Carr, so maybe they'll sign him. But in terms of the cornerback position, they need more bodies there because they don't have enough guys as it is right now so hopefully they address that as soon as possible. And they still do not have a tight end. You see the Patriots trading for Dwayne Allen. The Packers signed Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks, but the Jets don't have a tight end. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins, but they need someone else. So right now they still don't have a tight end, which is, of course, uh, you know, making me happy. But obviously we talk about the Jets' time. It's the whole quarterback situation. Right now, they don't have anyone. They didn't sign anyone yet. So, Tom, I'm telling you, I think the best bet for the Jets next season is to bring in a quarterback in for agency. The key word here is that is not guaranteed to start. That will compete with Petty and Hackenberg. And at this point, Tom, let the best man win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh... – yeah, uh, that that just might be that might be the best option, you know, unless uh, they fulfill your wishes and kind of reach a little bit, uh, or who knows if it'll even be a reach at that point on uh, O.J. Howard, a uh, guy who's just skyrocketing up the draft boards. Uh, six just seems very very high for a tight end there, but uh, yeah, I mean, seems even at number six there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks available because a lot of the uh, you know the two teams in front of them that are kind of looking at quarterbacks were able to take care of that in free agency at least for the time being so um, yeah they might just have their uh, pick of the litter there now Tom you know what unfortunately I'm just waiting for the inevitable when they sign Jay Cutler because I, because honestly I don't want to <laughs> see it I, do, I don't want him anywhere near New York but where is he going to go? Really, realistically, where is Jay Cutler going to go besides the Jets? And I, I could care less about his relationship with quarterback coach Jeremy Bates. I don't care. I don't want Jay Cutler. But, Tom, where is he going to go? 
I, you know, I'm wondering if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are looking for a uh, quarterback. You know, uh, I mean, I haven't been keeping up with the CFL free agency uh, market, but uh, I mean, yeah, that's seriously the thing. I just, nobody wants this guy. I think it's, uh, you know, he's proven to be a headache uh, in Chicago. And uh, I mean, unless he really takes a significant pay cut, I just don't see, uh, I think this guy might have to actually call it quits uh, before he wants to, or unless he wants to travel up north and, uh, you know, just to, you know, just to play the game for the love of the game. Now, Tom, I, I, I'm i pretty sure I would take any of these quarterbacks that I'm going to mention over Jay Cutler. Now, this is saying a lot, but I don't care. I don't want him anywhere near New York. I would take Trevor Simeon over Jay Cutler. I would take A.J. McCarron over Jay Cutler. I would take Chase Daniel over Chase Cutler. Uh, Jay Cutler. And also, I don't care. I'll take RG3. I'll take Josh McCown. I don't want Jay Cutler. Did I make myself clear enough, Tom, or what? Oh, absolutely. You know, and maybe I missed it. Uh, is there a name you missed, or did he sign somewhere and I missed it? What about, uh, did I miss the signing of Nick Foles somewhere? No, I. you know what? I actually think he went back to the Eagles on a two-year contract. Oh, no kidding. Well, that explains it because uh, I was kind of curious. But, yeah, all those quarterbacks you mentioned, uh, definitely, definitely a better, uh, you know, definitely a better uh, dice roll than uh, Jay Cutler because, you know, the many names you mentioned, Simeon, uh, McCarron, they actually have potential. And you kind of, you know, you don't, you don't know exactly what you're getting with him. With Cutler, you know exactly what you're getting. I mean, if you're looking for a stopgap, uh, I mean, maybe, you know, he's uh, – Maybe he's an option, but yeah, you just uh, you, you just know what you're getting with this guy. You're going to get a ton of interceptions and a lot of headaches in the locker room. Yep, and I don't want that. And if you bring in Jay Culler, he would be he would guarantee the start. I don't want that. I want a competition. I want the best guy to win. The Jets. Now listen, Penny Hackenberg might both stink, but they better real they better realize that sooner rather than later. Let's find out. Throw these guys out there and see what they can do. Now for a one quarterback mess to the other. What about the Cleveland Browns, Tom, who thought for a minute they were smart to trade for Brock Osweiler and get more draft picks, but the only issue is no one wants Brock Osweiler. The Cleveland Browns don't even want him. They want to get rid of him, Tom. Yeah, I know. It's such a that was just the craziest move. I mean, as soon as they acquired him, they're already talking about trading him. And uh yeah, it doesn't seem like he's very welcome and uh I mean, man, granted, I mean, we knocked on him quite a bit this uh this past year, uh, I mean, his performance is definitely, uh, you know, kind of subpar. But you have to look at the fact, he, you know, he, uh, you know, he did bring a team to the playoffs last year. I mean, I granted, uh, you know, Tom Savage played a couple of those games, and that, you know, that division was rather weak. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe they will end up going with him, giving him a shot. Maybe they can trade him elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I think people just don't want to pick up that. Uh, contract it's uh you know if maybe if brock osweiler wasn't earning 18 million a year people would go easy on him but you know when he's making what i consider you know flacco money it's just uh you know you gotta think like well like who 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 wants that burden yeah and i was very surprised tom when i heard the story that there was some altercation in week 17 between bill o'brien and brock osweiler that was a game that tom savage started he got hurt in the second quarter with a concussion, and then Bill O'Brien told Brock Osweiler, listen, you have to finish the game, and then Brock got mad 
because he's saying, well, you just want me to finish the game because you need me to. That's how the depth chart works. If a guy gets hurt, you have to go back in the game. So that was a very weird story that I heard. Brock Osweiler complaining that he was told to finish the game. You would think he would want that opportunity. But regardless of that, they got rid of him. And I don't know where he's going to end up. I have no idea. The Browns want to get rid of him. But as we said, no one wants him. Now, Tom, you mentioned about Brian Hoyer signing with the 49ers on a multi-year deal. But the big guy who got his payday, and we knew that was coming, Tom, and that is Mike Glenn of the Chicago Bears, a three-year contract, $45 million, 19 guaranteed, 14 and a half Tom, million per year from Mike Glennon. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of eyes are going to be on him, uh, including mine, you know, because he's a guy I've knocked uh, for a bit despite, uh, you know, his lack of uh, playing time. I mean, uh, I mean, before Winston came, he was just uh, – it's just no, like never really uh, impressed me that much. But, uh, yeah, definitely the Bears saw something in him, which a lot of teams obviously did because he was going to get that somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting who he's going to have to throw to. I mean, uh, he's got Kevin White there, uh, who, you know, speaking of players who just can't seem to stay on the field. And, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your fancy Cameron Meredith, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Could be a little bit of a rocky start there. And, uh, in a Chicago forum. I mean, I don't think they're going to reach for a wide receiver in the draft. They have way too many, uh, way too many holes to uh, take care of, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the, 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 a lot of pressure on him, you know, the bears just had to deal with Jake Cutler for all these years and uh, they're going to be expecting big things from Mike Lennon. Now going back to Brock for one second, the reason the Texans got rid of them because they want to save all that cap room to possibly sign Tony Romo. And out of the two teams so far, Tom, the Broncos and the Texans, it seems like the Texans are more desperate or more willing to get Romo at this point because, I mean, listen, both teams are ready to win now. But the Texans, listen, if you could bring in Romo with that defense, with a healthy J.J. Watt, watch out. Not to say you could beat the Patriots, but you could be right up there. So, Tom, right now, I think the Texans are leading the Romo sweepstakes, but there's still a lot of time left to be uh, had here. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, that seems to be like that's definitely the glaring hole there in Houston is quarterback, and uh, I mean a lot of rumors that they're going to uh, with that I think the 25th overall pick in the draft that they're going to maybe go for a quarterback. Uh, I mean the way things are shaping up now, they may get. Uh, a quarterback who was looking a week ago to be a top 10 pick, they might be able to get one at 25 since the, uh, the need for quarterback is definitely decimated uh, in this upcoming draft. But uh, I mean, yeah. And even if they do sign Tony or Tony Romo, they may be uh, looking that direction with that pick too. Cause obviously Tony Romo is 37 and uh, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to be able to stay healthy, but uh, yeah, definitely see. Uh, I mean, I actually thought it would have happened by now that Romo would have a home, but yeah, every still, uh, you know, still a lot of questions to be had in free agency uh, coming up. Now, Tom, I want to give some love to Doug Marone, to Tom Coughlin, and even my old buddy, John Isaac, who's in um, Jacksonville as a consultant, because I thought they made two pretty good moves to that defense, a team that we would think was on the rise last year was still getting inconsistent quarterback play from Blake Bortles because they signed two pretty impressive guys, Tom. Calais Campbell, who had eight sacks a year ago for the Cardinals, and probably the best cornerback on the market, 
He stays in a division from Houston to Jacksonville, A.J. Boye. Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of reminiscent of their uh, uh, free agency last year when they were able to uh, really solidify that defense. And another name not as exciting as those two that they were able to sign was the uh, strong safety from uh, – Dallas, Barry Church, who was a, uh, you know, definitely another big signing for them. Uh, and, you know, with the fourth overall pick this year, you know, definitely some high expectations for Jacksonville, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that, all that being said, I've been joking, like, what a great free agency they had. Yeah, they'll still go 5-11 and 11 next year. Hmm. Now, Tom, as far as this week is concerned, obviously you're getting ready tomorrow to go to Buffalo to watch the first round of the NCAA tournament, the game's Slated on Thursday, including Princeton and Notre Dame, which should be a good one, is here. Our fantasy baseball draft is upon us. I can't wait, man. It should be exciting on Sunday. Oh, absolutely, man. I have my uh, keeper set. Uh, going through my lineup, I realized I had a, I had a pretty good uh, selection of keepers to do. And this year, I'm actually going to keep all three because I think they could uh, really add some quality to my team. Now, Tom, you have to let everyone know who your keepers are. Who, 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 uh, who are you saving for this year? Uh, you know, uh, even though uh, being, I guess, not really a disappointing year last year, but uh, considering he was uh, third overall pick, I sticking with Paul Goldschmidt. You know, uh, he didn't put up the monstrous numbers he had in years past, but still, uh, average numbers for him are usually better than most. Uh, sticking with uh, Cargo as well. Uh, figured, you know, I mean, in Colorado, you know. I mean, even though Colorado just uh, can't seem to break that 500 mark, you know, they uh, it's never for a lack of offense, you know. So Cargo could definitely put up some big numbers. And, you know, I my theory is if when you have a uh, when you have an ace starting pitcher in your lineup like I do with Mr. Corey Kluber, uh, you have no option but to keep them. Hmm. No, man, those are very solid keepers, no doubt. As far as me, I got my three big guys all lined up. Chris Bryant. Manny Machado, and Francisco Lindor. And it is a 12-team league because if people think I have those keepers, they think we're playing a 14-team league. No, 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 no. It's a 12-team league. This is a keeper league from a few years ago, and I have those guys. So it should be great. Yeah, that's, we're that's a very, that's to a very impressive uh... That's a very impressive, uh, you know, keepers there. That's uh, yeah. You, you always seem to have some like major talent on your squad. So that's so that's why you make the playoffs every year. Well, hey, a couple years ago, that's what happened. I took Manny Machado early in the draft, and that was the year that Chris Bryant was going to be a rookie. So I took him very late, and now I got both guys on my team for many, many years to come. And two new categories that we have in the league time this year, if everyone is not aware. Number one, we have brought back the whole category. So all those middle relief pitchers that put up the six stats, the Andrew Millers, the Della Patances, they're going to be drafted because you get a point now for every hold they get. And we put an interesting category in here, Tom, as far as offensive categories are concerned, game-winning RBIs. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a very interesting one. It's, uh, yeah, I'll have to do my research on that one. So we'll definitely keep you informed next week how our draft made out. We'll, we'll recap it next week. But, Tom, as always, my man, thank you for joining me on the program. Enjoy the day, the day off. Safe travels tomorrow in Buffalo, man. Enjoy the games, and we'll definitely keep in touch, okay? Oh, absolutely, man. I can't wait. March Madness is one of my favorite times of year. And, uh, 
Yeah, can't uh, actually starts tonight with some of the play-in games, so everybody has that to look forward to tonight. And Tom, I'm looking forward to that selfie tomorrow or Thursday, I should say, with Tyrod Taylor. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think there might be a line, but uh, yes, I, it's definitely going to be worth the wait. All right, thanks a lot, my man. As always, everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Mark F. Ferraro. Murphy is at MurphyTB. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your host, Mark Ferraro and Thomas Murphy, only on Block Talk Radio.